Welcome back to the Bucket Seat Podcast. I've changed the format of the way that I release episodes and now even seasons, and I do hope you enjoy this new approach. So from this episode on, you'll have a new Bucket Seat episode every Tuesday morning for the next 10 to 12 weeks. I have some amazing new guests and some return guests, all of which have great stories that continue to prove to me that the passion we all have for automotive is alive, well, and thriving. So to kick off this season, I'm going to start with one of the most recent of 12 episodes I recorded. It's from just over two weeks ago when I was in LA for Radwood. It's an epic celebration of 80s and 90s automotive lifestyle that has taken the US by storm in 2018 and is set to go global through all of 2019. Having the opportunity to sit down with the founders of this event was humbling, it was gratifying, and it was inspiring all at the same time. These guys have put so much on the line to make Radwood such a phenomenon. And although I tried not to pour my heart out about it, yes to all you Americans I just said about, the commitment that these guys have made to stoking the fires of automotive enthusiasm should be continued and celebrated just as they've done with Radwood. It's a seven-person discussion you're about to hear, so listen closely during their intros and you'll quickly know who is saying what and when. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne. And this is season three of the Bucket Seat Podcast. I'm sitting with a lovely cast of characters, some from DWA, some from Radwood, some from both. So this is double what I've ever had before on the show, and I'm super happy to be recording with all you guys. So before I get into the who's who, I wanted to give a bit of context for why all of this is happening. And it all started last year when I was out in LA, uh, where I am once again now, to check out Radwood 2 down in Anaheim. I was lucky enough to have uh, lined up an episode with Lane Skelton, who's again here today, for a chat about his beginnings in cars and, of course, Radwood. So it probably seemed like ages ago for most of you guys here, um, but only a short year ago was Radwood 2, and we're here now for the seventh event back in LA. Comes on the heel of a world tour schedule that you released for 2019. And so needless to say, the things are working here for the Radwood crew today, and we're only a day away from Radwood at the Peterson. So I'm super sto stoked for all of it, and we're going to get into some chats with the boys here on this sunny California morning. Very different from Toronto for me right now. <laughs> uh, my driver on the way over here said to me, no, it's really cold right now. I'm like, no, you don't know what cold <laughs> is. You don't. Um, and so this is audio because it's audio only, obviously. Um, I'm going to do a quick roundtable before we get started. Um, and most of you guys all have kind of almost alter egos on other shows or are involved in many different projects. So um, we'll begin. Um, why don't we begin uh, Lane? So Lane Skelton, he's co-founder of Radwood, co-founder and host and vice president of Driving While Awesome. We have Art Cervantes, the co-founder and CEO of Radwood, director of partnerships and host of the DWA podcast. We have Warren Madsen, uh, Senior Vice President of Driving Well Awesome and host on the DWA, also a Radwood contributor. Bradley Brownell, co-founder of Radwood and freelance writer for Jalopnik. Rick Deacon, co-founder of Radwood, also founder and co-host of the Clutch Kick podcast. And Mikey Kelper, co-host of the Clutch Kick podcast and Radwood contributor. Does that make sense? 
Okay, so um, it's kind of the automotive dream team here. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be tough to keep this to 45 minutes, but we're going to roll with it and start where I like to start with all of my guests at the very beginning. So because the cast of characters we have here um, are so vast, we're going to go rapid fire and give everybody a chance to kind of answer these questions. We're going to start with what it was that got you guys into cars, what inspired or hooked you. And so, Warren, why don't we start with you? We'll go around this way. I was two years old, and I was reading Go Dog Go. It's a, uh, a P.D. Eastman book featuring cars and dogs going to a party. Um, that's kind of where it started for me. Do you like my hat? I uh, do not. I do not like I your hat. I do not like your hat, <laughs> slut. <laughs> it is often, wow. it's often read in my home, too. Yeah. Awesome. Lane? I have no idea. I was just born into it. I remember taking rides in my dad's 64 Volk, 62 Volkswagen Bug and uh, painting his oxidized 59 VW Transporter. And that's my earliest memories when I was probably memories when I was probably three years old and been into cars ever since. Nice. Okay. Um, so in fourth grade, a bunch of my, when I started to actually form friendships for the first time, really, that were lasting, and I still have those friends. Uh, one of them in particular, his name was Matt. His dad had a 71 Corvette, and I saw it in his garage. And ever since then, I loved Corvettes and also all cars in general. And then I started picking up the hobby and just never stopped. Awesome. That was Rick Deacon for everyone, since we can't see here. <laughs> On to Mikey. Yeah, um, I think I think it kind of just started with my dad. He was like a tinkerer kind of dude, like always in the garage. He had a Corvette uh, C2 when I was born, um, got rid of it because uh, of me. Um, so he, yeah, so he, uh, damn you, dad. <laughs> uh, so him, uh, him being involved in that and always just kind of, it, and it didn't, you know, it wasn't just Corvettes. It was the van that we had as a, when I was a kid or it was other things. So I think all that just kind of, uh, made an impression on me and now that I'm older and can afford to play along with the sport, I, I do it now. Awesome. Awesome. Brad. Uh, I, unlike these guys didn't get into cars until I was like 18 um, I was living in Spain on a foreign exchange program and my, um, stepfather's father would send me care packages of like hot rod magazine, car craft, um, Mopar muscle and a few others, um, motor trend and stuff like that. And it was the only thing that I had to read in English. So I would read it cover to cover every <laughs> nice. month. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like a little, uh, get away from the Spanish language and uh, I've been hooked ever since. Very cool. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Art? Uh, like Lane, I, I can't really define a specific moment, but I kind of grew up in the hobby. Uh, my dad owned a detail and auto body shop growing up. So okay. as far back as I can remember, I was always around cars, you know, and in them and playing around. Uh, my earliest automotive memory related to that, though, would be like slotting in, in the into the back seat of a 928. It was a family friend's car. And I clearly remember just how like bizarre that interior was and just kind of jumping back there and feeling like I was in some kind of spaceship. Very cool. Nice. I like it. Okay. So next question up is first car you owned. So Warren, how about you? Uh, I bought a 1985 Mazda 6 with a bungee corded trunk for $250. It was an automatic. It had self swiveling uh, fans for the AC control and... Um, <laughs> The worst slash best wheels of all time, those flat, single piece uh, with four lines on it. Oh, those are cool. Yeah. Right? yeah those I are mean, cool. now in the yeah, Radwood. Right. In retrospect. Yeah. Um, so that was the first car that I owned and drove, and I was in high school. Awesome. Nice. I had a 79 VW Rabbit. Paid, 
I forget it's five hundred or seven hundred dollars for. It was yellow with brown and orange racing stripes, and had the words Sidewinder Two written down the side with a picture <laughs> of a Sidewinder snake. <laughs> That's badass. I had a nineteen eighty one Camaro Z twenty eight. It's a three hundred three fifty, but it had one hundred seventy five horsepower. It was an automatic black. I paid. Three thousand eight hundred fifty bucks for it. I think. Rich boy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a ninety-seven Saturn SL, Ooh. Uh, Ooh, and I had yeah. it for like two and a half years, and maybe changed the oil once on it, and mm, it never yeah. broke down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you tell girls that you had an SL? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like throw shopping carts into it? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, my uh, younger stepbrother, we would punt footballs at the side. Yeah, just for fun. It was, yeah, it was yeah. just it was a blast. Yeah. Uh, my first car was a ninety-one Pontiac Grand Prix. Uh, it was my mother's first new car, and by the time I got it, it was like 350,000 miles, Jeez, second wow. engine, third transmission. Oh, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. No and I crashed it a year later. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Art? Uh, 71 BMW 2002 in a Nevada olive with a cork interior. Wow. Or is it tobacco brown? Whatever that is. Wow, that's definitely not awful. Mine was a 93 Dodge Shadow. Yes. Mm, nice. nice. Yeah, turbo? No, not turbo. It was maroon, and it had a white and red racing stripe all the way along the side. Jesus. Yeah, no, it was, it was, Well, they were more like pinstripes, not racing stripes. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I should also mention mine was a manual transmission. I believe ours was, too. Yeah, definitely Ooh, manual. Mine was not. Yeah. Oh, no, cowards. Some of us are enthusiasts. Yeah, no, I think that's where it's all born. <laughs> mine was definitely automatic. I was doing, like, reverse dumps in it because I thought yeah. that was cool at the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's really not so cool. I, I actually did... Thought, I think it was very strange that mine was a four-speed. I had up until then I had only seen been in five-speed cars, so right, yeah. it was kind of a strange thing. But at least it was a manual. Okay, so what about the first car you purchased yourself? Because that might differ from what you guys were just answering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the first car that I owned, I did purchase myself, but um, the first car that I really kind of saved up for and and lusted after was a 1985 <laughs> Volkswagen GTI that I I was a friend owned and I later owned for quite a few years and terrorized the. Santa Cruz Mountains with so nice yeah but I, I owned a few cars before then but um, all were purchased by myself very good okay yeah I purchased Thanks. my first car myself as well and my second car which were both both Volkswagens but the first car that I like kind of saved up a, it was only a thousand dollars by the way but <laughs> I said you know I kind of like thought about for a while like it wasn't just a necessity to get a car was uh, a 1974 Porsche 914 hmm. um, wow, so I nice. guess yeah. my first experience too that same Camaro I did buy it but I borrowed like two grand from my mom and then I flipped it for like $800 more than I paid for it and then so I saved up some more money used that paid my mom back and I bought a 1990 Mustang 5.0 that was something I paid for completely myself wow nice Mikey uh 2002 Subaru WRX uh and it's kind of it's a funny story like Rick and uh, I have known each other since high school and uh he helped me pick out the car and it was we lived in Ohio at the time, so it was down in Columbus, and we drove down there, and I didn't know how to drive stick, so he uh, drove it back, and then <laughs> I learned to drive stick on that Subaru. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, one of my favorites. How did the, the clutch do? Fine, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, huh? yeah. Cool. Easy one, I'm, a, I'm a quick learner, man. <laughs> Brad? Um, probably the beginning of my awful collection of cars, and the first car I bought with my own money was a 1976 Triumph TR7. Wow. Fixed head coupe. Dang. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, Buick 231 swap. And oh, yeah. it's worse. Oh, oh, yeah. Holy oh, yeah. I've never <laughs> even heard of that. Originally, yeah. it was a 215, right? Doesn't that? Have uh, yeah, but this was the V6, not the V8. Oh, yeah, gotcha. It was a 3.8 liter V8 or V6. 
Um, and uh, it had a GM 8.8 rear end or 8-bolt rear end. That's uh, 8.8 is the Ford stuff. Um, and it tried to kill me like four times. I took it drag racing, and I think I ran like a 19. <laughs> awesome. Oh my! God. It was it was real bad. Um, the guy said, "Oh yeah, the engine's been freshly rebuilt." I took it all apart. There was carbon caked everywhere. It probably had four hundred thousand miles on it. Uh, I got boned on that deal, but um, but yeah. So I took it uh, drag racing, and the brakes gave out, and I went into the. The gravel, oh, the gravel. Oh, wow! Shit. Luckily, I was in the outside lane, so I didn't like blow into the guy. That was How do you to lose your off. brakes drag racing? Like <laughs> you just didn't have brakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I went to. I went, went to, to hit the brakes, and what happened was, is the pin actually pulled out of the master cylinder, uh-huh. and it flopped down, <laughs> and so the pedal was just attached Jesus. to nothing. Nice. Wow! So what you're saying is, too, from this point, you still haven't learned anything about picking Correct. Cars. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, he was only going 60 miles an hour at, <laughs> right, right, right. at, at the My end of that. Speed was like 45. <laughs> exactly sand trap right yes <laughs> what about you art uh so yeah i, I bought my own car the, the first car i bought was 500 bucks that's 71 2002 oh nice uh so i was just yeah in similar kind of vein to what everyone else is describing i'd say that the first car that i actually really wanted and saved up for was a 92 miata c option package car so uh this one had an LSD. It was black and tan back when I actually thought black or that was a good combination. I'm not a big tan <laughs> interior person now, but it had the really sweet BBS wheels that are eight pounds and it was a really nice car. Uh, and I, I can't remember how much I paid for it, but I remember like looking, seeking one out and I picked that thing up and that was the first of about seven or eight NA Miatas that I had. But that was yeah back when I was maybe 19 or so. That's crazy. If I'm not mistaken, I read on the, the DWA site that you've owned over 50 cars. Is that true? I think it's over Probably 60. Yeah. That, no, yeah, that's no. fucking I crazy. I need to tally them up at some point. <laughs> that anybody? Can anybody else beat that? No. I've no. had like 30. <laughs> no, I've had like half as many. 25 or 30. Holy shit. I think I've had... You guys are lucky well, I mean, in California. I mean, I own eight right now, but I think in my life I've had 15. So. <laughs> yeah. Your can, cars don't. You don't, I don't sell, sell them. Cars. They just like disappear. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> into the ground. Forget, forget yes. about them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they decompose. The return to the soil. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, we're gonna go to. I feel like. I mean, I usually ask what the first time was that you started tinkering with a car, but I feel like probably everybody here tinkered with that first car. Is that fairly accurate? Right. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. 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 So yeah. Well, we don't. We don't need to go through that when put this... a cold air intake on my '91 Grand Prix. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I just want to clear the air here. I think um, I have mentioned in the past on our podcast that I really really hate Pontiac Grand Ams and for some reason I think Brad meant that, or thought that I was talking about the Grand Prix the Grand Prix are okay I just hate Grand Ams how could you that hate mean, Grand Ams and not <laughs> not even hate that Grand Prix was not good <laughs> the, the, the exterior like they're it's I mean they're slight. both terrible cars but the, the exterior is so bad on Actually, the Pontiac Grand Ams Grand Prix is the bigger one bigger yeah, one yeah they're better the looking slits, headlights the it uh-huh. was the yeah especially in like the ASC cladding Cladding though? No cladding. Okay. No cladding. <laughs> cool tail lights. It was an MC. Yeah, the cool tail lights. It had all the buttons on the steering. By wheel. cool, you mean the little blocks everywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. The black yeah, yeah, outline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Little okay. blocks. By the cool. black was, grid. Yeah, I was wondering what <laughs> yeah. you meant by cool. I bet. You, I bet yours with three hundred fifty thousand miles was mint. It actually was in really good shape. Really? Yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, there wasn't any rust. Imagine. Imagine the decision of like, hey, let's put a third transmission <laughs> in this thing. I know. Let's keep oh it God. going. Yeah. I had a later GTP. Wow. Supercharged three point eight. This guy. Yeah. 
That was my first light car that I thought it was luxurious. It had leather and a heads-up display and like 60,000 miles. And 60,000 buttons on the steering wheel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ran 14.5 in a quarter mile. I great. wanted to put a stereo in that car. And uh, Best Buy said it was an extra $200 to keep the functionality of the buttons on the steering wheel. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not putting a stereo in this car. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised you made that decision, right? Yeah, <laughs> Normally, it'd be to just take the wheel It'll be off. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Vice grip. Yeah. Put a Momo in. Joystick. <laughs> Okay, so um, this is one of my favorite questions to ask anybody who's ever been on the show because it differs so wildly between where people are raised and um, kind of generally from country to country, it's very different. What was the cool car that everyone had to have when you were in high school? I mean, I went to a different high school than these guys and it was very car crazy, but mainly in the hot rod muscle car scene mm -hmm. um, at that time. And there was one dude... Uh, Chris Ramsey, and he had a 61 Bel Air bubble top. Mm, it was cool. white and red, um, and it was fast. It was really pretty. It was just like the cool car. So ever since that moment, like bubble top anything, I was I was all in. I don't lust for them the way, same way I did then, but that was definitely one of those cars that I wasn't really aware of. And then here's this you know car that basically terrorized our high school and kicked everyone's asses around town. So that was one of them. Nice. Yeah, the car was pretty sweet. I remember it. Uh, at our school, there was two camps. So there was the hot rod, there was like the muscle car camp, and then there was the Euro car camp. We didn't really have like a big Japanese scene. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were all kind of in every camp. So I think a friend of ours that's been on a couple Coastal Ranger Alleys, actually, DWA Coastal Ranger Alleys, he had a 64 Pontiac GTO, 65 Pontiac GTO with the three twos. And that thing was really cool. And then um, a good friend of ours, Mark, had a 68 911T. Another guy had an E30 M3. So those were kind of like, those <laughs> wow. were aspirational cars. Yeah, yeah. Like in our own circle of friends, right? And doing different, had different duties for them or whatever. That's fucking awesome. Duty. <laughs> okay. I grew up in Ohio, so it's much different there. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say we had different camps. And I also went to high school from 2000 to 2004. So it was like prime Fast and the Furious time. Yeah, so yeah. basically everyone mm -hmm. wanted a Civic mm -hmm. or something that was evoking Fast and the Furious. Right. An Eclipse GST. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the guys who won, uh, and I was upset that neither me or my other friend who had a Mustang didn't get it. But basically in the yearbook, they had a who's the best car. And someone had a... Uh, Dodge Stealth wasn't even like the turbo, just Dodge. <laughs> it, it, won, it won best. Oh, we, sh we, sh we should probably state that Warren and I, who gave the first two answers, were from Santa Cruz, California. Yeah. And Rick, you're from, you said you're from Ohio. Mikey, what about yeah. you? Where are you from? Too? Yeah, I'm from Ohio too. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Um, just in a little, a couple cornfields over from him. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but at my high school, uh, cars were not like a huge thing. Um, it, there was like a just a few like you know minor minority group of pe people that really liked them. Uh, but the big car that everyone liked, uh, this kid had an 04 World Rally Blue WRX uh, STI, mm -hmm. and that was kind of like the first one in that area. 05? Uh, no, uh, 04. 05? 04. Oh, five. <laughs> STI. STI was 05. Yeah. Yeah. I think that maybe was the he beginning. just had a WRX because he had, I know it was an 04 because it had okay. that same, uh, the Momo steering wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, it was, yeah, so it then it wouldn't he, be an STI. Then. Yeah. WRX okay. still had those Momos at that point too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then it must've just misremembered it, but it was like, he, he had it like super tuned out and it, you know, it had a front mounted intercooler. It was making like crazy horsepower and 
uh, I just that was just such like an iconic thing. I think that kind of ended up influencing me getting a WRX myself. Just yeah, you know, it's always funny. I always find it interesting when guys do front mount intercoolers on WRX, especially like Ohio. If he's gonna drive it in the winter, it just ends yeah. up being such a pain in the ass. And he gets back there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, Brad, how about you? Um, my high school. I grew up in in Southwest Michigan um Kalamazoo area and probably the coolest car in our parking lot there was a kid that had a 78 Firebird Formula and it was a 350 automatic car and it was yellow with an orange formula stripe on the bottom it was like super cool and uh 90, 91 horsepower or something. yeah something like that yeah exactly yeah I, I i honestly had to look at it cuz i was like i'm not sure exactly <laughs> what when that is but yeah yeah right um and I think he ended up wrecking it. I don't recall, but um, yeah. So we were, if you lived in Michigan and you didn't have an American car, you were like, you know, shunned. Yeah, it's like, like a get sin the hell out, out there. Yeah. yeah. So um, everybody had a, a dad that was in the union or whatever. So, mm. you know, building parts for cars. So. Yeah, that makes sense. American cars all the way. Yeah. Art? Yeah, so um, I, I, I'll be frank here. I, I misinterpreted the question. I thought this was like, what car like collectively like people lusted after you know mm-hmm. like not like one in the lot mm-hmm. um, how do you want to interpret but, it? yeah but I'm, I'm yeah, just, yeah. It's either <laughs> way, uh, so it, it it depends you know there were many different camps in my school it was a super diverse school and there there were like we had low riders in the lot we had the hot rods we had a ton of the ricey stuff and everything in between wait um, when was is this in santa cruz yeah yeah I, okay. yeah i grew up in santa cruz county and so i actually there was one car in particular that i was super into and that car was a 356. Uh, it was a, a like a like a 1960. And nice. but no, but, <laughs> that wasn't at your school, right? but my school, oh. but it was like 17 different colors. And like it was mm. a uh, he was a junior. I remember I was a freshman and like the kid like basically was always tinkering with on it, you know, and like it was a car that he basically got from his dad or something. And like he was like super into it. And to me, that was like a super, a very cool car, you know, and the fact that he was working on it, I thought was really rad. And, uh, but it was like, you know, horse hair, like through the seats and or through the, the fabric. Yeah. And it's just like, a, like a total beater, but like, you know, it was, it was his pride and joy. And I really liked that car, but collectively, like at least the crowd that I was hanging with, I feel like everybody was super into like Acura legends uh slammed to the ground mm-hmm. with big wheels that was like Whoa, that's, that's what heavy. that's what everybody wanted that i knew like there, that was just cruiser like i i was like really good friends with like all the soccer team dudes and that's uh, the four of them had those cars and and sometimes an accord similar kind of deal you know just stanced very very loud stereo system yeah yeah uh and that was what got the chicks and like you know that, that was <laughs> that was the scene but there was a little bit of everything but yeah i'd say that that would probably be it though that that was kind of the look Cool. I like that. Wheel and chicks and the legends. <laughs> um, the uh, it's funny because for me, uh, I'm probably closer to like the the Ohio upbringing where Southern Ontario is basically. I mean, where I grew up, it's tobacco fields and soybeans in every direction. And I really, my closest neighbors were still pretty far away from me. And I was really never into cars. But uh, when I I was about, I think I was about 16 when I started getting interested. My dad was a Jeep guy, so he always had like TJs and YJs and you know the two door Cherokees and stuff like that. So it was it was cool growing up with that, but I really wasn't into it. And um, and then when I finally saw the vehicle that kind of inspired me, it was it's kind of embarrassing at this point, but 
It was a, uh, it was like an S10 with, you know, like the the extreme that had like the yeah, body yeah. kit. Yeah, yeah, we were just yeah. talking about those yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and those so and awesome. it was it was the the two pizza delivery guys in my tiny town of six thousand people both had cool cars, and that one was like slammed. He had nice wheels. He had a huge stereo system in it. There was like rattle windows as he went down the one main drag in town. While he's delivering pizza? While he's delivering <laughs> pizza. His dad owned the pizza, the, the pizza shop. It was called Peter's Pizza, the only Italian family in our town. And the other was a guy who had a five liter Mustang. And um, and he had, it was like, it was like, I can't remember the, the paint coat of the blue for that generation, but it was like, you know, it was Fox body, it was gorgeous. And it sounded fucking insane. So that was to me, the light blue or the darker blue. It was the darker blue. Okay. Yeah, it was the darker blue. And so oh, those non-metallic. Yeah, non-metallic. Yeah, those cool. two guys just totally inspired. I was like, wow, you can do that with cars. I mean, because it was so much about the sound of it. And it's funny that I've eventually gotten into a podcast because sound in automotive has become such a focal point for me and everything that I've done with commercial and advertising stuff through to a podcast and like what I look for and enjoy so much. I think is often overlooked and I'm sure you guys can attest to it, but it's such a visceral part of the, um, of ownership and enjoying cars. So it's, uh, that was kind of what got me hooked on it. But, um, but I am a country boy. I mean, Toronto is a little bit different now. It's like supercars left, right and center and all kinds of crazy stuff that all get stored away in the winter time. Um, yeah, I agree, man. Nothing like the sound of a, a Tesla, like P90D, <laughs> you know, just full tilt, insane mode or whatever it's called. Yeah, you know? yeah. ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. Just- <laughs> a little bit of tire noise and uh, deep breathing. Um, okay, so what else we got here? Uh, daily drivers today. So why don't we start over here again? With, uh, just, just daily? Just daily. Well, oh yeah, okay, because this could, I mean, we, just like a whole, what we actually have in the garage and stuff. Let's say, what's your, uh, yeah, let's just talk about, let's talk about garage mm-hmm. uh, and what your daily is. Okay. Um, I have a 1987 Volkswagen Vanagon Weekender. I have a 2000 electric smart car. Um, <laughs> I have a 1995 Mitsubishi Mighty Max. Um, I have a 1988 uh, Mercedes-Benz 560 SEL temporarily. Um, I have a 1989 BMW E30 Coupe. Mm-hmm. And daily driver is a uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, 2004 E-Class wagon. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love those wagons. I found it interesting that you said temporarily to the Mercedes, but not the smart car. That's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lifer. It is also, uh, the smart car is lifted and has a snow camo wrap. No so way, really? Anyone, this is, and it had tracks on it. What? And it had uh, tracks on the back and skis on the front. Well, crazy. I remember what? hearing that story. Where did it even come from? More? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not good. I forgot to talk about me driving it. I know. I never talked about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. We'll revisit. Future podcast. Yeah, yeah. The next uh, bucket yeah. seat. Smart. I like it. That sounds like a, that's smart. <laughs> super, <laughs> super smart. <laughs> By the way, there's a company that makes a lift kit oh really smart. God. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those before. That's crazy. If I think it's a bad idea. It's a really bad <laughs> Holy idea. Or shit. it's the greatest idea ever. Yeah, right? Is this <laughs> the right. first bad Brad idea? <laughs> Okay, Lane, what about you? I have a 2017 Volkswagen GTI mm-hmm. uh, Sport Pack, and I have a 1985 Porsche 944. Mm-hmm. I only have one car right now, which has a fuel pump problem, so it's currently at some shop in LA. Uh, it's a 1994 <laughs> Vectra one. You should say Was that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm on the way here. Say, yeah. say it one more time for us. A 1994 one Gotcha. That's all I have right now. That's uh, all. All I got is a 1987 325 IS. Ah, nice. I like that. What color? Uh, white. Cool. Brad? Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> 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 um, 
currently in my registered cars. Start, start oh, they're all registered, registered and drivable. Yeah. Drivable cars. Drivable is a good place. Drivable. All right. All right. I'll limit it to the drivable Your cars. Your Toyota truck does not count. Sure. Okay. I'm going to claim well, it. It's, it's registered in my name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Radwood has a 1984 European delivery 944. Mm. Uh, it was a German car, um, slick top. It's really cool. Wow. It's wrapped in. There's a special interior in there, too. Oh, yeah. Pasha interior. Wow. Oh, sick. Red, yeah. red I brought my Pasha socks. Oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, d- is that going to be there tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, sick. It's going to be in a special space. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Skateboarders are going to be playing around it. This yeah. podcast is opening. This oh, podcast true. is going yeah. after, after the show. Yeah, this will yeah. Skateboarders will have maybe fallen on the roof and, <laughs> oh, and my God. Fucked, fucked up the whole car. Yeah. That's all right. Did you do a 3M wrap on it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's got some stickers on it, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, and uh, then I've got, I just got a 86 944 Turbo. Oh, nice. Um, I haven't driven it since I got it home. Because <laughs> I'm such a weirdo. I've been gone. And, <laughs> and, yeah, anyway. And where is home for you, Brad? Uh, Reno, Nevada. Cool. You, you know, uh, you're supposed to say lovely Reno, Nevada. Lovely yeah. Reno, Nevada. <laughs> Scenic Reno. Scenic, bro. Home is where the heart is. No, no, no. It's the biggest little city. Uh, Nevada. Yeah, biggest little home city, means yeah. Nevada. Yeah, home That's means right. Nevada. That's right. Sorry. Um, I have a '97 Boxster, uh, and I have a '95 Audi S6 that's been lifted seven inches. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been rendered. It doesn't not rip. drivable. It doesn't no, it, dri- it drives just fine. It's great. No I rubber. love it. I love everything about it. It's <laughs> awful. It's really, really bad. Um, yeah. What else? What am I missing? Well, I have, you have a 912. Oh, yeah. The 912E. <laughs> my, <laughs> my 76 That's 912E. Well. That's um, the, the drag car? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the slowest effing car in the world. I've, um, I've heard speed, that. I've heard that. Speed to sound. Like loud oh, yeah. versus what's actually yes, happening? Yes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, it's, got like an, it's like an infinity, dude. It has oh, right, right. it has actual straight pipes, <laughs> um, two into one collectors on both uh-huh. sides. So it sounds like two Harley Davidsons idling next to each other. It's pretty great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and yeah, zero to sixty in like twelve seconds ish. If you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty great. I I got it as a kind of a barn find. It didn't run. I got it running, and I've driven it thirty thousand miles in two years. Whoa, crazy. So, have you taken it on some of the coastal range rallies? I have yeah. two of them actually. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's a great car. Uh, it's only left me stranded once and I got it fixed and back on the road in an hour. So, yeah. It's wow. All good. Amazing. What about you, Art? So, is it a Celica or a Celica to you? Oh, funny. I've heard it both ways. I think it's a Celica. Oh, nice. All right. So, I have a, a 1990. He also says a boot. <laughs> and I also say, and I also say Toyota, which throws these guys off. Right. Yeah. Or not throw them off. They just hate me for it. Uh, so I have a 1990 Toyota. Because you you're wrong. Celica <laughs> All Track Turbo, and I have a 1985 Euro Spec uh, 500 SEC Mercedes, mm-hmm. and a shared daily with my wife is a BMW X1. BMW, what year? A new, X1? It's a 2017. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to, you know what? We're going to get to the meat of this. I'm going to skip a few questions here. Um, what about any automotive books, shows, or podcasts that you guys feel like everybody should experience? They have to be outside of your shows or brands. Anyone? Books also? Yeah, books too, yeah. Hmm. Those things that I rarely read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Rob Siegel's book, Ran When Parked, is like one of my favorite. It's He's resurrecting an old 2002. Yeah, oh, cool. I wanted to read that. He like literally just flies in and takes like three days to go, go over all the systems and get it running and then drives it home. And it's it's pretty cool. I'm enjoying the Gymkhana files on Amazon Dude, right now. Yeah. So good. Rick doesn't like it, but <laughs> I think it's pretty fun to watch. It's it's really good. Yeah, I, like I agree really with you on that. So I like well binge watched it. I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to more of those like, episodes. It's very well produced, and it's not like over the top or cheesy or fake or anything. It's just yeah. a really good, honest. Show. Yeah, I, f- I feel like he's like Ken Block seems like a, just a pretty honest genuine dude i mean i don't know it could all be a facade but i I've no, met I think him he's so. a pretty nice guy art spent yeah. some time with him yeah. and yeah. they're also showing a lot of failures or at least shortcomings that they mm-hmm. could have easily edited out and just mm-hmm. you know yeah glossed it over so um yeah i think it's definitely entertaining yeah the, i mean it's it's crazy when you see the behind the scenes on stuff like that and the amount of money that ends up being spent it's remarkable just how much they don't end up doing or that they yeah. fail doing and you know yeah. what, what makes it onto screen is awesome editors do yeah. magic but yeah yeah no, sure I'm with you yeah. granted it was like 12 years ago at this point but i i was an intern for um rally america oh nice during the height of the ken and travis show when oh they were both yeah at Subaru. yeah yeah and i had dinner with him one night at the award ceremony and i mean it was a big dinner with a lot of people, but I was at the same table with him, and he was a really nice guy. Oh, cool. I enjoyed his company. So. Yeah, I think the show really accurately portrays him as who he is. He's, like, super into driving. He loves rally, and he loves, like, fashion and other stuff, but mm-hmm. I think it's definitely an accurate representation of who he is. And, I mean, it's def- as everyone has said, I mean, so well done, and for them to show all that behind the scenes is, mm-hmm. is, 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 is great, especially for us because we put on a show, we produce – our own stuff and yeah. it's like interesting to see how that goes uh i just finished uh murray walkers uh unless i'm very much mistaken a few weeks ago that's really good it's an autobiography from or for uh, murray walker who is arguably one of the most famous motorsports announcers in history and I, I learned a ton not only about his history but also just something as simple as like uh motocross being invented in the uk and it was originally called scrambles right like these like something as simple as that and then there's a lot of little details like that and also just seeing his evolution as a as a businessman and marketing like really kind of genius and where where his background what his background's about uh in terms of movies uh or shows I, i i really like weekend of a champion i've mentioned that one on our podcast before it's a documentary um done on Jackie Stewart, I think like in the 1967 or something. Isn't that a Roman Polanski thing? It is. I didn't want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. um, wow. There's a stigma there, but he basically, (laughs) yeah, so Roman Polanski uh, wrote and and produced that movie. Tell us more about Roman Polanski. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel? Yeah. But basically just followed him around with a camera uh, during the Monaco weekend Mm -hmm. uh, for that. I think it was the 1967. It should be noted that it took Art like 30 plane trips to read that book. Oh yeah, that's the, the yeah the Murray Walker book is very long, but also just I only read it I only read it when I was flying, so it took a while. But I did read uh, Ben Collins' uh, Man in the White Suit, I think it's called. Yeah, and a couple that was in three plane trips, and that's also very highly recommended. Completely different style and very different book. But, yeah, yeah, I've uh, heard that. Uh, has anybody read on end on that bombshell? I oh, I haven't. No. I'm like halfway through it. It's really good. Again, I mean, you guys would all appreciate it, producing all of your own things. It, there's a lot of the dealing with personalities and logistics and the shortcomings of working with you know different people with different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, it's worth a read for sure. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else have anything else? For a podcast, one, I want to throw the last one in there. Um, I've been 
listening to F1 Off the Grid a lot. And uh, it's basically interviewing a ton of the current personalities in Formula One. And that includes people that have been racing since the 60s or involved with Formula One since the 60s. Uh, it's just one-to-one. -one. I forget the guy's name. I forget his last name. I think it's Matt. But uh, he's like one of the announcers for... Uh, uh, what do you call it? He does like the grid walks and stuff like that. I forget mm. his name. Uh, currently in F1. Cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Dinner with Racers. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Really one of my guests was like just going off about it. That's a really great one. I've yeah, listened I think to a couple Murray episodes. Murray Walker was on one, I believe. Oh, sweet. Uh, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, but it's oh, a good this season. Um, I think it might have been. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So we are going to work our way into Genesis for Radwood. Um, so for anybody who's out there listening who doesn't know what Radwood is, what would be the elevator pitch and kind of how do you describe its place in car culture right now? We do have a one-liner. <laughs> it's a celebration of 80s and 90s automotive lifestyle. And cool. So, and that surrounds everything. It goes beyond cars. Yeah, it right? kind of encompasses everything because mm -hmm. it's it is a period correct dress show. Yeah, uh, along with we celebrate the rad of that of that era. <laughs> yeah, you know of those, I guess two decades. Um, and it's you know we celebrate everything from you know Madonna to to uh, you know to Run DMC to the the DMC DeLoreans. Yeah. Uh, it's just all about all that all that stuff that came out during that geometric convertibles. Yeah, exactly. To fifties. <laughs> the weird is now the weird and the strange and the ugly is now yeah. is is kind of the coolest most yeah. the most polarizing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, is I what, what catches everyone's eye. I actually, for a very short period, owned a Geo Metro. Nice. Whoa, nice. <laughs> three cylinder. Uh, it was yeah, it was a three cylinder. Gotta get those MPGs. Uh, or, it was. Or kilometers per liter what yeah kilometers per liter that's right <laughs> per hundred yeah. it's, it's I mean, hundred right? hundred kilometers yeah yeah, yeah per hundred kilometers per yeah. Kilometer, yeah it's uh i mean it makes sense to me but you know when we round it off and just make the zeros end i, I don't think it makes sense to everybody else <laughs> mm -hmm. um so how did radwood start i mean how did all of you here connect like how did this all get you involved I mean, together so we should go back a little while because i was a guest on dwa two years Three years ago, probably three, three years, years ago, right, yeah. Yeah. and that was because because Jason. So basically, they had the Cam, um, Brad had the Camden Cub podcast with mm -hmm. Cam Vanderhorst and Jason, and Jason Connor, Connor, yeah. and um, Jason had reached out to us about being on our show, driving while awesome, and then we ran, we you know all through all that, we met Brad at Canepa, we did a podcast with him, um, became friends. He went to a camping with us i believe mm -hmm. and we we hung out in monterey and stuff like that and then uh so the the genesis for me was there was a question on dwa i was listening to the podcast i think on my way to camping and there was somebody asked a question if you guys could run an event what would you want to do and warren said the, the answer was i want to do a goodwood at hearst castle that was that was his big that's thing. like oh yeah the i remember impossible. hearing you guys talking about the impossible that. show to do but right you know. totally yeah, yeah. such but, a cool venue yeah and that got kind of the the juices flowing for all of us of what would a goodwood look like in the u.s like if you were to do goodwood revival in the u.s what would it look like mm -hmm. and in my eyes you know we we kind of grew up with the 80s and 90s because it was what was accessible and what we could afford but it was also like an analog experience and still Modern enough that it would run, you could get in and start it and drive it and whatever, mm -hmm. but simple enough you could work on it yourself, which so it was accessible to all of us when we were growing up. 
or, or when we got involved in car culture and for these guys, you know, from birth basically. Um, <laughs> and uh, to me, it's kind of perfect because the sixties and seventies is kind of a very British era in my eyes. Cause they were exporting, you know, you had Beatlemania and you had all that. You had the music, the yep. movies, the culture. It was, it was a very British era. And then the eighties and nineties felt very American. It was brash. It was bright colors. It was, it yeah. was over the top. Yeah. You know? So for this show to be in NorCal or SoCal or whatever, it, it feels very eighties, nineties, you know, yeah. very American kind of take on a good one yeah as an outsider i couldn't agree more super fitting uh, everything about it feels right <laughs> yeah there's also another element i mean at least on the driving while awesome side like we have always kind of really been after the 80s and 90s cars as there's the connection like growing up we saw we saw those that's what we lusted after you know we're in high school whatever but then on top of that like it is still to this day a, the perfect kind of combination of ingredients sort of uh, brad touched on that right it's they're modern enough to where they're they're dri drivable on a daily basis. They're not too complicated. They're still uh, very, you know, they can be very capable cars, and they're not overpowered. They're well balanced. At least you know you start looking at sports cars and things like this. Mm -hmm. But that extends into everything else of the air. And so they, there's a very strong appeal there for those cars for us. And so we like the aesthetics. We like the way they drive. We like the way they look. All this other stuff. And so on top of that, you know, we're we, we feel like there has never been a place to kind of celebrate that era of cars. You know, historically it's always been as Brad is saying, you know, it's the classics, the sixties, the seventies cars and before and earlier. And that is not necessarily of our generation. And so we wanted to have a place to celebrate the cars that we're into. And it's definitely so, tapped a nerve that, that there wasn't a place for before, which yeah. is, yeah. which is totally awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were kind of odd man out everywhere you went. Yeah. Unless you had the F. 50 f40 right well I, i've kind of mentioned yeah. this elsewhere but i had a 83 944 and i went to a pca show and they were like oh you can just park over in the corner like you don't <laughs> yeah. you don't need yeah. to be general are you, are you admissions sure you want to pay to I get have, in i have a great picture at uh ren sport is mm -hmm. it ren sport union mm -hmm. like was i think it was the one that was four years ago oh with the toilets and yeah, yeah and they were like what oh the guy i go up in my 944 and he goes oh uh, what is, was this 964 964 where do 964s go i'm like no it's a 944 oh go over there and it's literally a row of toilets and then and then on the other there's an area for probably five cars and then there's yeah. like backhoes on the other side that's awesome and that was at rensport reunion yes <laughs> and now what a 944 well, sold for like what was it 70 grand yeah. no that was a 924 Oh, whatever. It was an 80 924 sold for like $64,000. Well, and then that wow. 944 Turbo sold for eighty. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. bonkers. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, growing up too, I always remember looking at 944s and being like, are those Porsches? Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. really what that <laughs> yeah. is? Yeah, they were like the different one. I remember kids when I... So I did... I, lo I have loved 944s since I was like, can remember. And mm -hmm. that was the Porsche that I would draw. And then when the 968 came out, was coming out, I remember just like, being so excited about it, getting the first Excellence magazine with it on the cover, all this stuff. But uh, a lot of people, when they'd see it, like my dad had one when I was a kid, and they'd be like, oh, that's one of those new Porsches. It was like a different uh, uh, looking okay. Porsche. Yep. It wasn't necessarily like anything else. It was just like, oh, that's the new, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people liked them better or they were total Porsche I mean, people that were curmudgeons. Pop-up headlights though. Yeah. You gotta love it's it. Awesome, right? Yeah. You gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. so it, one thing that is, is kind of interesting about this whole 
I, I hate to call it a movement because we don't we're, we don't have a movement. It's just a celebration of this era, right? But yeah, like, yeah. it's very interesting to see how people kind of felt like they've needed validation to like these cars. And so, I mean, they mm -hmm. might have been interested in them, you know. But it could have been the Koenig wide body stuff. It could be the pre-merger AMG. Yeah, you or, almost had to be like, apologetic about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, oh, I yeah. just have a. Yeah. explain yourself yeah yeah, yeah totally well, and now you guys know what it feels like to be canadian <laughs> <laughs> sorry but yeah the 944 fits right in right it's in that in that mm -hmm. realm and so that that goes for pretty much any mark yeah. of that era and now it's it's cool they're like oh wait people like this okay cool now i can like these too and yeah it's you know i also want to add that what is more fun than an 80s party or 90s party? yeah totally <laughs> like yeah. that has been a thing since i mean when we i graduated high school in 98 and in high school we would have 80s parties all the time yeah, yeah. only well what? eight years removed from the 80s and there would be 80s parties all yeah. the time and that was the most fun thing you'd wear fluorescent shirts and the music and, and all the music and you put your hair in a mohawk <laughs> or something it'd be all and there's so yeah. many different things to do yeah in these eras that and and then bringing that 80s to 80s and 90s mm -hmm. it's, it's well, I mean, insane there was nostalgia for the 80s and 90s in the 80s and 90s yes. like look at uh what vh1 mm -hmm. um i love the 80s or whatever yeah, yeah. or was that mtv that was uh, whatever, VH1, yeah. vh1 but okay. that was in the 90s doing the 80s yeah. and they even had i love the 90s like right. probably in 99 right. i started doing <laughs> right, it, so, right yeah yeah, yeah. and 90s snl was making fun of the 80s commercials totally oh yeah, yeah right totally yeah, definitely yeah. a thing no, it's uh, there's so much that's attractive about it. And I think you totally hit the nail on the head with the fact that it's giving people permission to really be proud of and enjoy those vehicles from the era it's because it was an apologetic permission thing. to yeah. have yeah. fun. Yeah. Like yeah. just come out and have a good time. It's, it's it's good. It's fun. And from a driving perspective, like we I think most of all of us here like to actually drive our cars like mm -hmm. yeah. we like to drive on country roads and kind of, you know, go quickly and stuff like that. Like these aren't cars that you get in you're like hold oh, this car's a mess like it falls apart when you take a or turn you need to be well, careful the, on the brakes well some of, okay some of the 80s some of the 80s cars do and if you're oh into i was that, you i was talking about that. my cars oh, yeah. specifically but, you but know, these are usable affordable cars but, but right the, yeah. yeah these yeah. are usable affordable cars and you know in the case of like a, a 944 or an e30 these cars are like pretty capable still and really fun to drive fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And I think mm -hmm. there's a, there's a real sweet spot too, depending on what part of the eighties or nineties you're talking about where the cars are becoming rare enough that they're still sought after and the good ones are out there and people have been taking mm -hmm. good care of those ones that there's this kind of like evolution of exclusivity uh, that now all of a sudden you've got cars that just don't exist. There aren't that many left of them, but it's not at that peak where there's so few of them that they're, you know, millions of dollars at this point. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. you know, fast forward 20 years and look at what's left of the 80s and 90s generation of cars, too. And I think yeah. everything that, you know, you guys collectively have, it's going to see that peak. Exactly. And, and the, you know, the same I think will be true for the. 2000s and the 2010s mm -hmm. and in 2030 they're going to be looking back being like why don't we celebrate the 2000s talk yeah. about that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um okay so along the way this is a i know this is a serious question but uh <laughs> so along the way there's clearly some risks that were taken for you guys collectively to um to put together this and if I'm not mistaken, you all had uh, or and or have uh, jobs outside of this. This was something that you were mm -hmm. passionate about doing and you mm -hmm. took on on top of all of the other things that life throws at you. What were some of the bigger risks that you took to help kind of propel this to the state it's at now? Because it's happened pretty quickly. I think L.A. last year was the, the jumping point. Like we got a, we got in a venue and we, you know, we didn't really have any idea of whether or not it would sell. And it 
totally did, but there was definitely that risk of like, okay, we're going to put this on and we don't know the market and we don't know the, you know, area and we don't know all that. And it just, yeah, there was a point where we had to, to step beyond our comfort zone and say, this is a thing we're going to do this. We did have a, I mean, we did have a little bit of help on that one. So that was kind of nice. Totally. But really, I think first Radwood show we did. You know, it was, you know, we, we describe it as like having a car, a a little car show with our friends. If they don't show up, that's cool. But (laughs) in reality, like, um, a few of us put out, put in some like serious money just to have that show out of our own bank accounts Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. us not having a lot of money, really. Like none of us are, (laughs) are wealthy. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, each of us put in a fair amount of money where if that wasn't a success, it would be like, it would be an expensive like failure a cars Experiment. and coffee for us to just Experiment. hang out at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was the big risk. And then to see like basically the, the feedback from that was just like, mm-hmm. Oh wow. We have to do something else. And then having, um, for, for the show number two in LA, having Jalopnik be our, our head sponsor propelled, propelled us going forward. And totally. since then it's kind of, I mean, we we've almost had to to do the shows and we we want to too yeah obviously i mean it's super fun but uh yeah the demand that we've seen the demand is there and it's just like every show has look i think this la show is going to be our biggest it's definitely our biggest production as Mm -hmm. far as like extracurricular activities as well yeah um we have a whole skate demo going on and we have like six ramps were built just for the show Holy and shit. all this stuff. That's got all some... going to be at the Peterson? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So oh and we've got it's... live music. And we have Cola challenge. Music, Cola and we have a Cola challenge. Oh, we have, so wow. we have all this stuff. Yeah. On top of it, just being a car show. That's the whole thing. Like we were like, you know, we've noticed, we actually, the first time we noticed that was LA, um, Radwood two in LA mm-hmm. is there was just groups of girls taking selfies and yeah. doing like Snapchat yeah, and yeah. Instagrams. It's not just, and they just want to celebrate the gener- the era and dress up. Yeah. It's like fun for them to go out and dress up. Totally. Um, so it isn't just car nerds. It, it has like more of a vibe. There's tons of families um, and it does have a younger vibe than your like good guy show or Absolutely. something like that. So it's yeah. a little more, yeah, you know, yeah, no, that's it. When I was there, I was just astonished because I kind of like I didn't really know many people when I came last year and I came solo. So when I went down to the show and I was just walking around, there's so much like listening to what was being, you know, discussed by people coming coming through. And I swore like half of the conversations were just about the 80s. Right. And they're like reminiscing about things that had happened or even like some of their friends and what they'd been up to. It was really a celebration, which seemed nice. It seems like a really natural thing. But you guys have all become I mean, you know, you're becoming pros at, at event coordination and event production now as well as much as you are, you know, experts in automotive advice or opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So w- one of the things that's interesting about, you know, it all ties into this is the demographic, right? We're talking about, you know, all genders and age groups is very interesting. That's interesting because when we talk to potential partners or sponsors, they're like, okay, who's your demographic? And it's like 20 to 55, even 60, right? Right. Because there's like... People who are like now like seeing that this era, this generation is in, or this era is in vogue, right? So they want to get into, like Lane was describing, right? just the, the dressing up and like the music and all that. And just like to that, them, it's interesting. And then there are people like us who are basically, we're young, but we're in the era and, and like think of it, remember it fondly. And there's some nostalgia there. And then there are the older people who 
owned those testarosas yeah, in period yeah. and then they mm-hmm. had all that and so there's all these different like perceptions and like kind of like relationship to the eras that is um that are just kind of interesting so uh it's it's cool to see everyone you know it's a huge mix of people and everyone's there to have a good time as brad was saying but there's all the people that are just now getting out of jail for white collar crimes, <laughs> <Exactly>. SEC <laughs> indictments. And all the guys that right. they did the cocaine, they drank the crystal Pepsi. Right. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'm back. Yeah, exactly. and, and, and this is cool again. Those, Wall oh, shit. those people that kept there. the quaaludes on ice all these years, <laughs> like, dude, it's crazy the dedication. Exactly. And yeah. luckily they're they're really ridiculous over the top eighties car collections, right? So, yeah. so we have yeah. so we have a vector coming to the show. Oh, no kidding. the 90s. But, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so one thing I did want to add is that Lane and I both are doing this full time now. So that is probably the biggest risk we've yeah. taken. So we, you know, we obviously see that there is an opportunity here and it's, it's gone, you know, it's gone pr- pretty well, but still, you know, it's, we're a total startup. Right. And so we're just, we're kind of like making this happen. And, and so it's, it's a little scary, but you, we're just all in and, and committed now. And I mean, everyone else is, is contributing more and more, you know, Brad and Rick and, you know, Warren and Mikey. So like, we're going to start to kind of see that happen more as we, their organization will grow and we'll kind of, it'll become a, a company, a, yeah. a real thing, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Totally. I mean, and I don't, I, I, I know this probably sounds, uh, too sentimental because it's a bunch of dudes talking about cars in a room. But I think that the automotive industry and the automotive culture in general, you know, not eighties and nineties, even specific, uh, oh, all of you guys, a major thank you, because honestly, putting that kind of time and effort and care into what um, has become Radwood is just it's a wicked celebration that you just don't see even outside of automotive. Like You don't see these things happening with this kind of care and dedication. So on behalf of all of those people listening, uh, thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're all teary eyed. Yeah. Oh, I mean, God. No, how do I we couldn't my do eyes? it without the people that show up. You yeah, know, right. if it totally. Was, if it was just yeah. us in a parking lot going, well, this is Radwood. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing we say about podcasts and the rallies. We totally. do. It's like it's all for the awesome people that show up and yeah yeah it's always it's not it's it's not so much about the cars it's about the people yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. all the all this stuff we do no matter what it exactly. is it's like yeah. it's like the day you know the day before yeah we're stressed out the week before we're super stressed we're working hard we're like holy you know we have these big hiccups happen you know we've lost venues yeah right shit. at the end and and stuff like that and it's like everything and you 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 definitely have those question marks like what are we doing is this worth it (laughs) yeah and then you have the event and i guarantee this will happen on sunday too and all you hear is oh my you walk around you hear oh my god it's the best thing ever like and you see it on social media for social media everyone's like thank you so much this that was the best experience i've ever had and everyone's just there's it it is just i mean it's, it's cheesy to say but the whole event is full of like like killer vibes like just good vibes and and stoked, happy people. Like you don't walk around. There's not. There's not people like fronting and stuff. You know? Yeah. And yeah. they're also dressed like idiots. Yeah. So you can't kind of. You kind of can't. Be... There's. You can't be serious. Yeah. 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 Or too serious, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I wore my uh, I wore my Ferris Bueller's Day oh, Off dunks nice. for today, nice, which and I'm cracking out a fresh pair of uh, Air Max 90 Anniversary Editions Whoa. for tomorrow. Nice. First wear. They're so crispy that I'm. Nice. Going to crease them up at Radway. Uh, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, kind of leading into what's happening tomorrow, um, why don't you guys give everybody a rundown for, you know, so this is Radwood, uh, LA 2018, um, give us venue, give us kind of maybe some of the things that you're looking forward to most in terms of vehicles and some of the other stuff that's going to be happening around that's celebrating the culture. 
What's happening? <laughs> oh, I, thought gonna, I thought no, you were going to get a mic. Yet. You want to have something to say? Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> so that so it is at the, the Peterson Automotive Museum. Okay. Uh, so very, very cool venue. Um, it just what was it? the remodel was done like three years ago. Something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, I've, so, and I've never been even once when it I was, was not Radwood. So. I, I was there for my honeymoon during the remodel. And I got a private tour. It was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, Lane and I saw it right after, I think. And yeah, it's an incredible place. I mean, pretty much automotive mecca for anyone who's a car geek, you know? So yeah. uh, everything you can imagine in there, including a lot of Radwood era stuff in the motorsports realm, design. There's like Tim Burton's Batmobile in there. Uh, so it's it's a pretty cool place. But we're taking over uh, essentially the parking structure. The show's going to be on, on the top floors there. And yeah, as Lane was describing, we're going to have a big skate exhibition with some pretty, pretty uh, well-known kind of legendary skaters. Uh, Sal Barbier, who's like, no brought, way, like, really? He's going to be yeah. doing it. Um, he has he, uh, the ES23 or the S23 shoe. You're, oh, you're a sneakerhead. Yeah, so yeah, that's I don't crazy. Know, like, I, there's a lot of rankings and it's like the fourth most influential skate shoe of all time. Totally. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, so he's going to be jumping over the our uh, hashtag Rad44. That's the uh, 944 project car that we're talking about. <laughs> That's crazy. And also, Dan Rogers is going to be there and okay. a couple other guys. Mm -hmm. And a big shout out to our friend, uh, uh, Forrest Kugel, who actually built the uh, the uh, ramps with, uh, Phil is it Philippe? <coughs> is it his, the guy that he works with? Pierre. Or Pierre, sorry. Pierre, like basically two dudes put this together so, all the ramps yeah. and they drove them down from like sonoma area right mm -hmm. wow. yeah sonoma. is yeah. he it, i mean it, the name is it a dumb question to say is he the kugel works yeah yeah cool gotcha i mean he's kind of famous in the bmw 2002 world and he makes all those front splitters right for all the BMW yeah i've run across that name so, i mean yeah. it's kind of an unforgettable name yeah. so uh -huh. it makes, yeah, it makes yeah he's a he's a fabricator of all sorts and a really talented guy wow. and he's also a, a pretty hardcore skater and you would never know like actually people were like sending me like the video that he yeah, posted yeah. of him like testing out the ramps you know and they're like dude forest rips and yeah, like yeah. Oh, i mean we've seen him skate before like he, he's you know he's he's rad but yeah he did our podcast and we met up with him yeah. at a skate park i'm pretty sure i watched it and he was like yeah. he was like totally shredding a uh -huh. bowl yep. uh, yeah, yeah he doesn't be yeah that's oh, yeah. crazy so yeah there's gonna be uh we're gonna have food i mean a, a big food vendor space uh, nice awesome. all dj killer dj so dj dp what constitutes what, 80 what though? constitutes 80s and 90s yeah. food is that is that oh, part yeah. <laughs> that has come up in the it's past kind of tough to, it's like to hot pockets from like cold, and, uh, cold oh, hot like pockets old walmarts that are shut down <laughs> yeah. and stuff like, that. <laughs> like stale jello yeah, and like pop tart it's and like, like hungry like man there's always those posts where you see it's like a dealership that shut down and it still has the cars in there yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like a walmart that shut down you got to go in and right get food. right the hungry man micro microwavable yeah yeah so that uh one i think i personally just want to cover on the car side and so it's been kind of a weird formula that we're trying to figure out right now is you know we're doing 300 cars plus at this event and Whoa, that's wow. actually pared down like we could do significantly more and we unfortunately had to turn a lot of people away but it's really trying to find a balance between a really good experience for the attendees so you yep. know having enough cars that are it's, it's a show but are actually digestible you know get people because you you can easily have a 30 minute conversation in one car and it's a four hour show, five hour show right so yeah. You want to be able to explore and like check stuff out. And then also for us, it's like we curate it, you know, all that. And then on top of that, for people to get to the event, right? When you're dealing with hundreds of cars to triage them and to get them in, you know, it's a multi-hour process. So, yeah. So this is a 300 plus show. We had 600 plus in San Francisco and we all agree that that was too many. <laughs> so, so that's, that's uh, wow. on the number side, that's where we're at for this event. Um, you know, we're expecting thousands of people on the spectator side of things. And, uh, Personally, the car that I'm most uh, looking forward to checking out is the Bugatti EB110. 
And Whoa, I've here. actually never seen wow. one up close. We've seen one at Canepa, or I, I saw it when it was on the rack. Oh, you never seen but I never saw it on the ground. Yeah. I've never seen one up close. So I'm pretty excited about and is that. that a, car. Is that a like a guest or a patron's car, or is that at Peterson? No, that's, that's a person's person car. Person coming. Crazy. Yeah, he's driving it in. Wow. Wow. And it's a it's like a royal blue, like Bugatti a really, blue. Bugatti it's blue. Bugatti blue. Yeah. Like man, I feel awesome. like. Not every, but I. That's the only thing I've ever seen. An EB one ten is that color. Mm. The one uh, I cut up mm. was a silver one. Yeah, silver. It was, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, um, and then uh, we have Matt Ferris Countach coming. Which oh, is really cool. I've seen so many photos of that yeah. thing uh-huh. yeah. because he just got like he had something happen. He just had to have something done yeah. to it to make it in time, right? This is the fuel pump relay board. Oh, uh, that was probably really cheap, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had I don't some, know, Warren. We've had some discussions. I thought it wasn't the board. It was just a. Uh, a relay? A relay. I don't know. The relay is not branded. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That makes it a little easier. <laughs> Finding it might have been trickier. but um, What's the furthest length that you guys have, um, that you know of that somebody's coming to bring their car to Radwood? Ooh, That's a good question. Car. Yeah. So yeah. there is a guy that is bringing a Conciliar GTP from Seattle. Okay. Which is pretty. Oh, those are yeah. pretty so far. Cool. Yeah, I they're, mean they're so funky. They're ridiculous um, looking. There was yeah. a guy Spencer drove his Cadillac Fleetwood. That's what I was about from to say. Georgia yeah. to San Francisco, and Bro, then North Georgia, Carolina or North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. North and then North Carolina, oh, was it Virginia? Uh, whatever. North One Carolina to uh, Philly. He came to two shows across the country. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, he went to NorCal and he and went to Philly. Yep. When we're in Cadillac. When we're in uh, Atlanta, we had some people come drive down from Toronto as well. Canada, right? yeah. yeah. No yep. kidding. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Texas came to Atlanta. That's pretty far. That's mm-hmm. right. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, last year at LA, we had the guy drive from, uh, shit, Iowa, I yeah. want to say. Oh, he trailered, the 300. Yeah, 300 he trailered six. a 300ZX in a 90s Dodge Ram <laughs> oh, with a Honda VFR That's right. motorcycle. He wrote about that. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he did yeah. it in like 36. Yeah, he it was did the whole, super, And he yeah. went back right away. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. It was like a four-day... He never... He, I don't think he ever slept, slept in a hotel no. or anything. No, I think they did. Okay. The night before. Okay. There was wow. a, also... I can't remember what... I mean, Warren, you know these cars more than I do, but the, it was an 850... I BMW uh-huh. and uh, it, it was a special edition. The guy drove it up from Mexico and it was a navy blue with a two tone interior and it was factory like that. Mm. It was like some special edition, like navy blue interior with like almost like a cream insert. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing yeah, pictures yeah. of yeah, that on the. I can't on the remember internet. what yeah. it was, some kind of limited edition. Hmm. I don't remember what it was. Definitely not Nautica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that one. Um, how about uh, okay? So, you also just released your world tour schedule, that's pretty exciting. For 2019, so you've got you know UK, you've got Japan on there, um, lots of different events throughout the US. Maybe just give us a, a rundown of where all of those are planned and kind of what months those are happening in. Oh shoot, do we, do we have a list to look at? <laughs> Austin, Austin in February, I know yep. that's our next one. Yep. Um, then we've got Sonoma, the month after that, mm-hmm. uh, March, Japan. and then April's Japan, right? April's, April's Japan. Japan. There you go. June um, in San Francisco, probably a couple times. We, yeah, well, we might change cool. some we things might around. Change some yeah. of these, and then we also have New Jersey. New Jersey is coming up. That's in June. New Jersey's June. Oh, okay, that's it's not, not even on the list. list. All right. Seattle in July. Okay. Um, UK in August. Uh, Detroit in September for sure. August we we might do something at Car Week. I'm not really sure. Yeah, mm. we might swap the SF yeah, show. Yeah, we might have some some things like missing around in there. Um, we've talked about doing a. Rad August nights um, in my hometown in Reno. Um, oh, cool! Because they have hot August nights as a hot rod thing. Yeah. So oh. bring your uh, IROC Zs and Fox Mustangs because they're, they're not there. allowed uh-huh. in the regular and show. And then there. we also have a little. We have some kind of 
smaller things like mm-hmm. the that museum is yep. doing a Radwood showcase at the, their museum. Like the a, Crawford, like a, that was actually just announced today. The uh-huh. Crawford Auto Aeronautic Museum, something like that, in Cleveland. Oh, cool! They're doing a quarter, a full quarter of uh, Radwood era um, exhibition. Oh. So uh, in mid January, they're going to uh, to start that, and there'll be a big event to a to open the event with. Uh, I'll be there speaking. Uh, you know, whatever. Gibberish. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And, and cool. yeah, Rick, Rick will probably go with me because that's his hometown. So, yeah. And then uh, we're Philly in October Philly. and then back here in LA in December again. Yep. Wow. Yep. And then maybe we'll throw some others in. Who knows? Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Canada. I can't help but ask yeah. about Canada. I mean, Canada is on our radar for I sure. Definitely, You've yeah. got to ask about Canada. Yeah. yeah. So do you it. think uh, Vancouver Sorry or Toronto? I mean, selfishly Toronto all the way. <laughs> but uh, as a car car guy. Van- uh, yeah. Vancouver has has cool cars. But, but they're, how they're... far is it from Seattle, though? Not far. Um, not far. Yeah. Not far. Um, and the, but the I feel car like culture. Vancouver is like supercar culture. It's supercar culture yeah. in Vancouver. It's like hardcore money Chinese and it's influence the, the, too, right? The, it's yeah, very Chinese. Big time. Influence. And the the um, just density of population in Vancouver is all within kind of a very small area. Mm-hmm. And space is at such a crazy premium. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody from Vancouver listening is like, no, fuck you. There's lots of places <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Are there uh, uh, fun like mountain drives in Toronto? I've never been to Toronto. I've been to Vancouver. But. Yeah. Okay. So Vancouver would be more apt to have Mountain-y. good drives yeah. Uh, yeah. there are some hidden gems to be able to go driving on the sea to sky highway used to be it's awesome but now it's you know there's traffic. just tourists and traffic yeah. so it's hard to do that um but in toronto they're just outside like, of toronto we could do like whistler yeah that's like close Whistler's enough good. but it's it's scenic and like yeah it's just uh, really it's just really expensive yeah up there yeah. that's the problem with yeah. it and, and accommodations yes. and stuff are tough there Toronto's good just because, I mean, just outside of Toronto, there are some great driving roads. The Forks of the Credit, that's totally giving away the secret sauce, but the Forks of the Credit are an amazing I'm sure set you're of roads. Be- Inundated so, with so yeah. Yeah. going to run the forks yeah. of the credit. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's renowned for like any press tour or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, booking my plane ticket now. Yeah. Uh, Toronto is one of the, my favorite cities I've ever been to. I mean, it's a good. It's t- an awesome city. Yeah, yeah. There's lots. There's a great Toronto Island, and for anybody flying in, kind of from anywhere from Detroit, Chicago, New York, um, where else along there, Boston direct flights right into downtown core of Toronto on the island that just sits right below the most densely populated part of the city. So it's super easy to get off, go in a kind of a magic carpet under the, the, uh, the waterway and you're downtown. Like it's selling Toronto. I know. So yeah, I have to. But it's a great city, yeah. And car culture is pretty awesome. Uh, there's certainly uh, the supercar culture in Toronto too, but best weather uh in the year for toronto like june july august for sure okay september's nice about too. the same as like michigan yeah, yeah. same yeah. sort of yeah. weather yeah totally, totally you guys use salt on your roads yeah yeah lots of it it's it's um, awful not it a really huge deterrent yeah i mean i just yeah we just experienced like in philly same deal but like you, because of that you see a lot of cars really nice stored. Yeah. preserved cars that's yeah, exactly so. what ends up happening and it's funny it's like you talk to um people that are interested in car culture or collecting cars in Toronto and it's all about winter storage that's the race that everybody's got <laughs> so it's funny listening to Matt Farah and his facility that's opening here it's uh-huh. like man if he just brands it and puts it into in Toronto like there's just there's no shortage of great cars that need storage sure and the downtown core just doesn't have that kind of um, facility yet so who knows 
Maybe I'll talk to him about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, last question before we get out of uh, Radwood here. Um, this is a question from longtime DWA listener, Stephen Powling. Jay Powling. Shout, <laughs> shout out to Stephen Powling. Shout out. <laughs> um, what celebrity best represents the Radwood lifestyle? Celebrity. Yeah. I don't know anything about celebrities, so Hasselhoff's I'm useless. up there, man. That's, ah, okay. Uh, car guy. Yeah. You played a... I mean, I don't know. It's a. I think I think Vanilla Ice. I'm, Ooh, I'm, I'm yeah. with Brad no, on Vanilla 90s. Ice. Yep. That's still strictly Radwood? '90s. Still Radwood era, though. Right? I mean, <laughs> he was driving Fox Mustangs, though. Like that's yeah. pretty indicative of the era. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How about Tom Cruise? Uh huh. Yeah. MC Tom Hammer Cruise for sure. MC Hammer's <laughs> man. <laughs> he was real big in the '90s. Yeah, he Risky was. Business. Uh, Rain Man. That's true. Yeah, he's still around. Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy is a big one. Yeah. What about OJ Simpson? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's not bad. Not bad yeah, it's all. not denying. Yeah. Charlie Sheen? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I, was gonna, yeah. I just don't associate cars with Charlie Sheen. That's the, yeah. Apparently, Nicholas just Cage, Cage, is, like, Nicholas Cage yeah, Nick is a Cage is like a big car guy. That's yeah, late. That's late. Yeah, oh, man, I go to like bro. Testarossa and cocaine when I think about those guys. You're like, yeah, Italian trash. Definitely. Besides, I only steal Porsches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's tough awesome. I mean, well i mean those are good i mean i think I, i'm i'm with you on uh, vanilla ice i, think I don't know if you meant like one. a modern celebrity that like mm. no, I think oh that, no, uh, no i can't no. think of anybody that would fit that madonna beer. yeah madonna's pretty good <laughs> car wise it's not doesn't really hit it I don't know. No, it's a, it's definitely a hard one. They, stumped us, yeah. Stephen. You stumped us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. We um we've gone. I try to keep these episodes now to forty five minutes because I'm so this seeing is three episodes. Come massive, on. massive drop off after forty five minutes. Art oh, has really? Really started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we are. It's good. We're at like an hour and ten minutes. But Perfect. um, I wanted to thank all of you guys for being on the show. Um, I'm gonna cap it here because I know you guys probably have a lot to do and prep for Radwood tomorrow as well. So respect your time there. I wanted to thank you guys uh, for coming and also give you a chance to um, let everybody know where they can find you on the social medias. So Warren, why don't we start with you? Uh, Drivingwellawesome.com or all the uh, social medias um, and check out our Coastal Range rallies, which are coming up. Um, and plug into anything Radwood and let us know where Radwood should uh, show up. No, don't let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like don't. you guys get a lot the of The amount of times that I hear that doesn't hurt. I feel like we should have a shirt that says, bring Radwood to my, t- my oh, to yeah. truck or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then with like a big like flip <laughs> off, like fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can also I meant this in rat Canada. Is the in other Canada. One. Oh, in Canada, yeah. Well, we Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, do all three. Should we have Easy. a vote? Yeah, vote off. Population. So you can follow Radwood at radwood.org or Radwood Official on mm-hmm. the Instagram, uh, Instagram, Radwood on Facebook. Facebook, all that stuff. Just yep. search Radwood. Uh, and we will be coming to a city somewhat near you, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then you can follow uh, Driving Wall Awesome, drivingwallawesome.com, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, outside of Radwood for me, Clutch Kick Podcast on Instagram. Pretty much it. I do it with you. So Ditto, <laughs> with my, uh, Ditto for Mikey. Uh, uh, you can catch my writing Sundays on Jalopnik and also weeknights. Um, I've, I've written like over a thousand pieces for them in the last year and a half. So, mm-hmm. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then com is also my purview. That's um, specifically Porsche stuff. And I do freelance for anybody who has money. So <laughs> nice. if, uh, if you catch my stuff, you know, at uh, Auto Week or, you know, any other 
places, uh, 40 or 50 other magazines. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Google Bradley Renault. Yeah, there you go. That's the, <laughs> that's the stitch. And then um, on Instagram, uh, Turbo Brad, Turbo H. Bri- no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> hey. Oh, I didn't plug my own. Uh, Take uh, forever yeah. with the plug. Why don't yeah. you? <laughs> Lane skeleton. Now we're gonna give it over to Art, and it's gonna take half an hour. So. <laughs> no, I just, I just uh, wanted to say that I'm happy that this we're wrapping up because this shock collar is really bothering me. I can't. <laughs> Lane has a little button over there. If I go, if I go over 30 seconds, uh, so yeah, did over what everyone said. But yeah, thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, for thanks. sure, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, Appreciate this has it. been really awesome. Uh, much appreciated. So that's been another episode of the Bucket Seat Podcast. Please do review, rate, and subscribe to the show if you like it. You can find me all over the web at The Bucket Seat on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. And keep e- emailing me with all your great feedback and episode suggestions at trevor at thebucketseat.ca. So thanks, everyone. Stay Thank tuned. You. Bye. Thanks, Cheers, man. guys.